Give the secret handshake. Check your cloaks. And remove your tinfoil hats. This is the Illuminati Social Club. The podcast you don't want they to know about. This is bullshit. This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only ones to the mysteries we will examine. Welcome to the In Search of series here on the Illuminati Social Club. I'm your host, Jason from Parma. Joining me from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Oliver Oxide. Coronavirus-free people. <laughs> For now. Uh, For now. And from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Doc Pinko, Steve Cloutier. I'm still in isolation, so the jury's still out. I, You know... I really hope, you know, by the time these episodes come out, this is all over with and we could all laugh about it. Yeah, this is a forgotten memory. Yeah. Yes. I wish. I don't think so. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, this week we are talking about Season 6, Episode 16, a shout-out to Rodney Anonymous, Spirit Voices. Uh, quick background here, uh, listener, frequent listener and a commenter on Twitter, Rodney Anonymous, has brought this episode up, I think, since season three. <laughs> He's been waiting for this one. Yes. And here we are. Uh, my initial my, my initial impression is uh, great. An episode about pareidolia. Uh, <laughs> Oliver, what were your impressions? Okay, I can't stress this enough. This is comedy gold. Let let me just <laughs> let, let me just set the scene for everybody. Okay, you begin with butt dials from the Great Beyond, and you finish with flatulent sounds from the Great Beyond. I mean, it's just it, this whole thing is twenty two minutes of just pure comedy, and we do. And I think we should point this out. We may have a competitor for Bevy in the sweepstakes of group leaders, and his name, and I kid you not, is Dick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Steve, what were your impressions? Uh, No, yes, I I agree with Oliver. This is like, you know, this this is one of the episodes that kind of episodes that I, I really like because it's so wacko it's so out there but it is hilarious and it's just fun to watch um, and uh, get it get a nice I won't I won't even say chuckle I will say a guffaw oh hell yeah ladies and gentlemen this episode is crazy salad oh it is <laughs> even professional wrestling is going no this is way too wacky <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, speaking of wacky, here's Leonard. For centuries, psychics and mediums have attempted to pull back the dark curtain of mystery that separates the land of the living from the realm of the dead. Some claim to have successfully recorded spirit voices on electronic equipment. In 1920, Thomas Edison experimented with a device designed to pick up the voices of those beyond the grave. 
What were the strange sounds captured by this updated version of Edison's machine? Are we ready to establish direct communication with the spirit world? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Now the shocking thing the shocking thing to me is um number 1 I was waiting and you know what I was waiting for, mm-hmm. right? Because I thought this would be a hitch episode, the bad hitch, not the good hitch. Yes, yes. The the bad hitch, like it would be a hitch episode. And not only did it not do what it's been done all six, all all of season six, is that the writer and the director is up front, mm-hmm. is at the back end. Yeah. So I thought, so it kind of kept you on the edge of your seat. Yes, see, I know. Waiting to see Jay, Jay Francis Hitchens. Yeah. Hitchin, but. No, it's it's not, but it's so up his alley. Mm-hmm. Maybe Steve? he thought the episode with with Steve with uh, Bill Grundy was like you know been there done that. <laughs> Steve, you were gonna say yeah, no, uh, yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't sort of add anything to that right now. It's like you know, it's it's a so, it's a it's you know. So so I wrote this note. Um, I didn't. I I did not watch this episode. Uh, prior to taking all my notes. So uh, basically I say, you know, people hear what they want to hear on these spirit recordings. Um, I I hope they have somebody tell us what a clip is clearly going to say before they play it so that we'll hear the exact same thing. Uh, spoiler alert in this episode, they don't play anything that sounds like anything. So <laughs> I was really disappointed. Well, the, this episode and the one we did last week are, are interconnected in this one way, is that people are just hearing what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like that whole that whole thing that uh, the three of us probably remember and other, others will too, the whole backward satanic message kind of thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, like backwards. You can hear things in what you want into it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What? Yeah, Paul oh, is dead. Oh, wait. Yeah. Now, now if you listen to this and yeah. now if you listen to this again, you'll hear I am I am the great lord Satan. Worship me, kill your parents. Yeah, it's like if you tell me what it says, then of course I'm going to hear it because I've been primed to hear it. But yeah, they don't even do that in this episode. There there's a, a there, there is a, a small sharp- moment in there where they where they try to and Yeah. Yeah. There's a show uh, called W5. I don't know if it's still on, but it's it's kind of like 60 Minutes, Canadian version of 60 Minutes. And during the whole sat- backward satanic message thing, they 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 did that. They mm-hmm. had a guy come on and said, "Okay, I'm going to play you a song backwards." And he played it, and he asked the, the the guy, "What did what did you hear?" And the guy said, "I didn't hear anything. It was gibberish." And then he said, "Okay, now think of, think of this phrase." And he gave him a phrase, mm-hmm. and you heard it play today. Oh yeah. And when I watched it. I w- it was the same. I heard oh, yeah. it. it. It was the girl with the monkey in her hand. I can even remember the phrase <laughs> that he used. Right? And plain as day, I heard it. Mm-hmm. Because did she, have, he, did, she, did she have kaleidoscope eyes, Steve? I don't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> he didn't play it that far. Uh, so. Oh, here we go. And now, now, a, now a story about a uh, ghost um, hero. Oh, love this. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Jerry Fitzpatrick. Uh, I was the construction coordinator at this studio for approximately four years. It is one of the oldest sound stages in Hollywood. 
There was one particular night I remember I worked all night by myself. We had a large set to build and I was here alone laying it out. I was tired, but I remember I stepped back over in this area to take a look at what I had done. But at that time, uh, there used to be a catwalk right up here, about 15 feet off the ground, from one end of the soundstage to the other. Uh, also, at that time, there was a staircase that came from this door down to floor level. It was at approximately 2 o'clock in the morning. I heard the door open and close and footsteps coming down the catwalk. Well, obviously, Jerry's ghost was too sexy for corporeality. <laughs> well, the other problem with, with 2 a.m. Jer, as I like to call him. Um, <laughs> 2 a.m. Is, Jer. Yeah, um, is number one, he doesn't. This was badly done production wise because they don't really explain. Like, usually, we, like the Amityville Horror uh, episode, we usually have some kind of event mm-hmm. that presupposes yeah. the spirit still being there. But they, they, they don't, you know, they mention Mary Pickford and they mention um, somebody else. I can't remember now, yeah, but it, it's not like the, like a tragic death or anything like that. It's just the spirit shows up to 2, 2 a.m. Jer. And just as a little side note, um, I'm a lover of uh, driving at night, mm-hmm. but I do understand that it may be time for a nap when I get it gets to be about 3 a.m. And I start seeing shit. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I start seeing stuff. <laughs> Uh, on uh, on uh, on the on the road. That's I, what not, happens when you get overtired. Yes, I I, I am not I, I am not editing that out. I don't care. Okay. So, Steve, anything to add? Cecil B. DeMille is the name that they ah. they mentioned. Thank you. But but, but he, you're right. I, I guess the assumption is we're to suppose that it's Cecil and Mary possibly haunting the place, but mm. they, they never made that connection. No, and, and to my knowledge, Mary Pickford or Cecil B. DeMille uh, died in any kind of thing at the, at the no. sound stage, or so. No. So they're either presupposing now that we just have spirits among us for no particular reason, mm-hmm. which I think maybe yeah. explained in the next clip. If I if I oh. know Jason as as I as I um, may do. If I if well if if you know me, uh, my next clip is going to be this guy. Okay, no. <laughs> Many would suggest that the strange noises in this old studio are the product of overactive imaginations, but others aren't so certain. Could spirits actually be attempting to speak to us? One man may have uncovered evidence that implies spirit communication may occur with remarkable frequency. D. Scott Rogo is the author of Phone Calls from the Dead. Well, I first heard about these cases when I first entered the field, which was close to uh, 10, 12 years ago. And I really didn't take them seriously at all. I thought they were very outlandish. It was hard for me to believe that people were actually getting phone calls from people who were dead. But as the years progressed and I did more and more investigations, I discovered that these calls were fairly common. And then I realized that there was a major effect here that someone really had to study. Okay. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rephrase what he said. Uh, at first, he thought the idea of these phone calls from the dead were completely ridiculous. But then he realized he could write a book and make a butt ton of money off of the gullible by writing about it and studying it. Did, did I get that right? 
Did it? Yes. Did it come yes. through a little better the way I said it than the way he said it? So I did not get Mary Meredith's phone call. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I, but I'll bet this guy gets invited to all the parties. Oh yes. And, um, and he has yet to give us any evidence. Well, well, I, I inform you that unless he, you're going to call, get a call from him from the dead, um, you're not going to hear from him. Because uh, D. Scott Rogo um, in 1990 was stabbed to death. Wow! In a mur- in a murder that is still unsolved. Wow. Ooh. Okay. Well, this episode took a dark turn. Well, okay. Way way to bring this episode down. Maybe he's maybe he's haunting the soundstage. He he also thought that UFOs and Bigfoots were psychic projections. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you for bringing the episode right back up. <laughs> yes. Well. Well done, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so now we get a reenactment of a phone call, which uh, oh, I, I did God. not, I didn't, I did not get the clip of. But oh, didn't you? No. Okay. It, it was too long. Again, this stuff never happens at Harvard. It never happens at Caltech. It no, never no. happens at Stanford. It happens in Oklahoma City yep. <laughs> from a woman who's just come back from the hospital and gotten some great eighties drugs. <laughs> oh God. Mary Meredith doesn't tell everyone about this phone call because people will think she's crazy. So instead, she talks about it on a nationally syndicated TV show. (laughs) And then she was just in the hospital. And if it was anything like my recent experience, uh, she didn't get a lick of sleep the entire time she was in there. So she's exhausted, and like Oliver said, she's probably on some really good pain meds. Oh, in the 80s, I mean, those benzos, holy moly. Oh, yeah, and she's probably hearing things. And, you know, not hearing things, just her mind is doing things. Now, it may also, it may be because I really never knew any of my cousins because of my family moved out of the the country where all the cousins stayed. Mm -hmm. But really... Are cousins really that important? Do you really, do you think that they made a phone their mom or their dad or something? Not like a cousin. Yeah, who knows? However, it is Oklahoma. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> so you never know. <laughs> also, you know, and also because apparently the cousin died like around the time that she was uh, in the hospital or you know getting out of the hospital. Maybe she just had the time, you know, you know, yeah. the, the times flipped around. Who knows? I think that I think butt dial from hell is a great heavy metal song title. I think we should put that down. I, I am uh, I am writing that down right now. Um, but then we find out that Thomas Edison was allegedly working on a device to pick up what? transmissions from the dead. Uh, he claimed he was unfruitful, but others thought differently. What do you, what do and you can think? I just can I just see something from the say uh, something about the film? Because in our current time, um, <laughs> the way that the film portrays how everybody speaks to Thomas Edison would not fly in <laughs> the age of the coronavirus. Now I'm assuming that he was deaf. Probably. Because everybody, everybody was like super close talking him. Mm. Yeah, he, he was hard hearing. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
Now we meet Al. Al Manning. I think this is the clip. In another laboratory, 60 years later, an inventor may be following in Edison's footsteps. Al Manning is the head of the ESP Center in Los Angeles, California. You might not expect a person with uh, a background in aerospace to be interested in spirit contact and uh, other psychic things, but it happened for me in a very practical way. I was studying uh, a big printout of figures, and uh, I knew there was a mistake on the page, not knowing where, uh, but as I ran my finger down the column, uh, I felt a buzz under it. And sure enough, when we checked that line, that was where the mistake was. This was certainly enough to kindle my interest in spirit contact in the occult. And it led to a study of uh, ritual and ceremony to enhance the contact with spirit and other magical things. Dear God, that must have been one hell of a shock to the finger. Is Yeah, is Al, is Al trying to tell me that there is... Um, Spirit accountants, I think so. <laughs> that, that were watching over that were watching over him. I guess I, again, just like the 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 studio thing. There's no explanation. There's like they give us no backstory no. to any of this. No. So Al Manning, he's uh, he's he's the head of the ESP Center in L.A. I'm shocked. <laughs> um, so. Uh, the way I see it, you know, he felt the seam of the tractor feed paper under his finger, mistook it for a buzz, and became a chanting ritualistic psychic. Cool story, bro. Ooh, yeah, the dangers of dot matrix printers. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the, the whole ritual thing, it's like, it, it, you know, they show him, like, chanting, and, you know, it's like, really? All, all of that from feeling a shock to your finger. Dude. What kind of drugs are you on? They're very good, apparently. Uh, yeah, so we get we get this chanting, which uh, Nimoy calls uh, research. <laughs> uh, and, of course, they have to show a pyramid. Now we get another recreation or reenactment because these nutbags can't be bothered to replicate the results. So he gets this message of Micah and then thinks it's for Micah, like the countertops, but apparently no. And then he's holding a crystal device that reflects light at one point, uh, and they wonder if it's a ghost. <laughs> I did not get this. Oh, is this the green blotch? Something yeah. like that, I guess. Yeah, again, it's like, okay, so you get a green blotch while you're filming. It's What a, does it mean? They don't explain what they think that means. It means you're using a cheap lens on your camera. <clears throat> oh, my God. I, I just wrote in my, in my notes, what the hell is it? <laughs> <laughs> they don't even explain what it's supposed to do. No. I, I have in my notes, my gods, this guy's a weirdo. <laughs> so now Oh, no. We're we're about to meet the real weirdos. <laughs> well, this is this is him and and all his friends. Oh my god! So, and and I'm gonna I, I'm gonna be as gentle and calm as possible here, <laughs> because they're in a graveyard. T 
to communicate with spirits. Why would ghosts hang out in graveyards? <laughs> Dear God. They have a, like a leash. <laughs> they can only go so far. I don't know. Well, I swear. Go ahead. Oh, no, I swear this group, okay, this must have been the early 80s version of J-Date because um, <laughs> these these psychic groups that we've met, how many of these psychic groups, maybe six or seven through this yeah. whole through this whole thing, and they're just social clubs, people. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So this, and, oh, go ahead. And we talked about this before. If we suppose that ghosts do exist mm-hmm. and that it's some kind of energy transfer, some kind of thing like that, they w- I could see why they would sort of stick to the place where they died. Mm-hmm. But as you said, that wouldn't be the graveyard. No. Right? If ghosts do exist, mm-hmm. they should haunt the place where they died, mm-hmm. not the place where they were buried. So right. why didn't they take the, the set of Space 1999 to a hospital? <laughs> Would that not make sense? Yes. So uh, the psychic experiment is horrible. Oh, God. <laughs> they set up a bunch of recording equipment all together on one table, and then the microphones with cords are taken to each hot spot where the, where the psychics find stuff. Um, there's going to be noise on the tape, probably because of inadequate grounding and plenty of electromagnetic interference. Um, then they'll interpret the, the, the EM interference as voices. Um, also I'm guessing that they had the sensitivity of these microphones turned way up. Um, which means that, you know, they could be getting traffic from the I-5 expressway. Uh, and then they use an old candlestick phone hooked up for as, as one of the microphones, which that's real quality, let me tell you. Oh, I just kept on thinking paging Bar- Barbara Bain. Because um. <laughs> you know, we're, not, we're not talking about, you know, like the microphone I'm talking on right now or Steve or Oliver are talking on are... You know, these are broadcast quality, at least podcast quality. But, you know, these are these are quality microphones. I'm, I'm guaranteeing that the microphones they're using, well, first of all, in the 70s, probably not really well insulated or um, shielded. Um, so, you know, these aren't the greatest things, you know, so you're going to get a lot of noise. And that's all they really got was a bunch of noise. But the thing is, Jason, that's all they ever really wanted. Because mm-hmm. as we ex- explained in the last episode, is that they 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 just wanted any sound so they could turn it into something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then they 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 speed it up or slow it down or in, enhance the volume and stuff like that. And then all you're doing is. Hearing, uh, you know, you're you're hearing uh, an eighteen wheeler passing by really slowly. <laughs> yeah, and I just did not figure out what the light rope was for. I have no idea, but That's obviously, 
I don't it's think the ghost flashing light makes it sciency. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is the final clip. I didn't get the final clip of the episode, but I had to get this one. It's another longer clip, but uh, Rodney Anonymous, this one's for you. Now let's see how we did with the Edison machine. I think yeah, it's a let's great go idea. do yeah, let's okay. see what the Edison machine shows us. To our spirit friends, would you please direct your answers into the horn so that we can record them rattle? Are you happy where you are now? Do you like this form of communications? Do you have any suggestions for improving our equipment for easier communication with you? Would you prefer that we turn off the blinking lights? Is Thomas Edison with you? Can we slow that? Oh, listen, right there. Down and listen to, okay. yeah. That's right yeah, where right. The, the humming started, right? That, there when that's you where the, the lights it sounds off. like singing or, yeah. or something. Yeah. It's slower, right. And it was be. just when the lights got turned on. Mm -hmm. right. You want it slow. Yeah, 16. Let's do that at 16 speed. Is there any way that that machine could have been creating that type of sound from the inside? No, the machine wouldn't create it from the inside, but that horn will really focus the energy so that when the spirit would direct the energy into the horn, you'd get that kind of a manifestation. Okay, but there's not any kind of way that from inside, like by, because no. of whirling or the machinery is, or something? Yeah, nothing that, is moving in there. Then oh, the horn that's is perfectly really still. interesting. Yeah, there, there was nothing connected to it. Energy in a vortex right oh. there. In the While the pops, squeaks, and whines recorded at the graveyard may not constitute hard evidence of spirit contact, Harry has a suggestion for those who doubt his work. If people are a bit skeptical, if they would try it themselves at least once, then there's a very good chance that they would get something on tape themselves, if they do it with an open mind. Thanks, Dick. <laughs> do you know what? You know what really missed me about that is that apparently they go to a graveyard. Mm-hmm. And apparently Thomas Edison gets it gets to wander all over the place, okay? Yeah. Because oh, I guess so. To, to my knowledge, I don't think that Thomas Edison is buried in Orange County in California. No. So Thomas Edison gets to go all over the place, but poor Pam from Anaheim only gets to go three <laughs> feet from her grave, you know? I guess it's so, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is nothing in any of that that sounds like anything. That That vortex sound... Could could have been, it could have been a dump truck downshifting on the exit ramp. I mean, the the problem is, you know, yes, you you have to turn the sensitivity up. You know, hey, if you want to hear ghosts, you got to turn that sensitivity up. Um, I, I I'm sorry to be vulgar, but it just sounds like farts. Oh, I know. I mean, it just does. Uh, I I I have tried spirit photography. I've gone to Mansfield Reformatory, you know, supposed to be a ghost hot spot, and uh, I got nothing. 
I am not willing to open my mind so much that my brain falls out. <laughs> um, and then uh, be, because this episode is so chock full of useful information, uh, we ended up with the stock bit at the end. Um, Leonard, you only have, uh, what, eight episodes to go? That's what I thought, too. I thought, well, why, why, why are we getting this bumper? Yeah, I mean, I you've only got, you know. Uh, we also should mention that Leonard was looking resplendent <laughs> in the Saturday Night Fever caller. Yes. That's true. That, that was an amazing caller. Oh, yes. Oh, so... Leonard had night fever. <laughs> Spirit voices. Oh man, this was a uh, well, you know interesting what? episode. <laughs> I think for the first time, this one lived up to our expectations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely! It. Uh, you know what? It it exceeded mine. Of course, when you know, I have zero expectations, and you know. They they make me laugh. It's like, you know what? You've exceeded my expectations now. So kudos in search of. Yes. You brought the crazy, oh. and we loved it. <laughs> oh, what do we have? We have one coming up next week that's like, um, we we have another. We're, we're really, we are piling on the crazy here. Um, let me see. Is that the human aura one? Oh yes. Is that that coming up? Next one? I think so. I'll uh, have to have my crystals ready. <laughs> let's see. Yes, the human aura, followed by the missing link. Woo! And then time and space travel. That's not gonna be wooey at all. No. They're gonna they're oh, gonna try able, to be sciencey. What's that? I said, uh, although I might be able to get some Doctor Who references in. Oh, cool. Same here. As long as, as, long as they're not Colin Baker ones, I'm okay with this. <laughs> carrot uh, juice, carrot juice, carrot juice. So, Those are the last words Colin Baker said as Doctor Who. Uh-huh. So, uh, anyone have anything else to add before we wrap this one up? No, but just a, just a, a word of thanks to to Rodney. Well done, Rodney. You kind of served it up on a platter for us. You, thank you, sir, and thank you for being a loyal listener. Yes, absolutely. Ah, uh, so Steve, I'd like to thank Rodney as well, but I also like to point out two things. Yes, one, Thomas Edison is buried in New Jersey. Uh huh. And two, Thomas Edison's father was born in Nova Scotia. Wow. In a place called Marshalltown. For those of you who know uh, Nova Scotia, it's down sort of by Digby, sort of southwest Nova Scotia on the Bay of Fundy. Well, how far is it from Oak Island? That's what we want to know. Uh, probably <laughs> about an hour and a half. Okay. Uh, I, had so. a, I had a very interesting ferry ride from St. John, New Brunswick, to Digby once. That's mm-hmm. my only. Re- that's my only Digby reference. <laughs> So there we go, dropping the knowledge on you. So, uh, Oliver, tell people where they can find you. 
Well, they already know how they can find me. I mean, just set up a, just set up a, a candlestick phone and, you know, send me to Orange County. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Oliver Rockside. Steve. Uh, you can find me on Twitter as well, but at Doc Pinko. And you can find me at Alien CG, and you can find this podcast at Illuminati Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, let me just... Uh, hold on. Hold on. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> um who's calling thomas wow so you are there cool how's it going did you really build a, a machine to communicate with spirits oh it was a joke because you knew that in 1980 ish you know a bunch of bunch of lunatics would try to fight uh, that's cool. Have a good week, everyone. Jason does improv. Toodles, kids. See ya.